0: Hi, and welcome to the Hingham Cast. This episode is brought to you by Brian Comer of Draper and Kramer Mortgage. I'm your host, Allie Donnelly. I spent 20 years in the TV news business, but I've picked up a new mic to tell stories in a new way here on Boston South Shore. The Hingham Cast is hyper-local, looking at the world through a small town lens. We dug into everything from child mental health to pandemic pets, from red hot real estate to South Shore bar pizza. We want to show up, connect, and build community. Let's start here. Let's start now.
1: Here comes the cavalry.
0: <laughs> I want to welcome my guest, Leslie Badger. She's the town animal control officer through the Hingham Police Department, a post she's held for the last 13 years. Leslie, welcome.
1: Hi, Allie. Thank you so
0: much. Oh, you're girl. Are you a good girl? Huh? Yeah,
1: are you a good girl?
0: So tell me honestly, how many animals are in your house right now?
1: Honestly, with me right now, I have Bellatrix, my rat terrier chihuahua mix. She is three and a half years old. And then I have my one-year-old uh, white German shepherd, Rigel.
0: And you just had a puppy you were fostering leave.
1: My goodness. Yes, it was just an emergency foster. I don't know how you possibly have time. I don't know. I make it work. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also have my love bird, Tweets. Tweets? Are you going to tweet? Tweet, tweet. Are you going oh, to just walk across the computer? They tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. I tried. You've seen a lot
0: over the years, but we have to get to the headline, uh, you know, kind of of the animal headline in the last couple of weeks. A bear in a Hingham. It's got to be kind of a big deal,
1: Right. It is because usually when people say, I think I saw a bear in Hingham, you take a minute to be like, eh, probably not, but you know, I'll, I'll still take it serious and see if I can find any evidence of, but now officially we can say there was a bear in Hingham.
0: So at the time we're taping this podcast, he was last spotted in Marshfield, Boo Boo, where you were assistant ACO before coming to Hingham. Yes, but, you know, here's his log so far. Whitman, Hanson, Situate, Hingham, Norwell, Cohasset, Duxbury, Marshfield. I don't think I'm missing anybody.
1: And he's back in Duxbury as of yesterday morning. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay, Sam. Yep, we got another sighting of him moseying around in Duxbury. Actually not far from my childhood home. So he must, like, sense the, the goodness
0: of your childhood home. <laughs> that or
1: he just really wants to meet a badger. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, to the best of what you guys know,
0: what's he doing and where do you think he'll end up?
1: So what we think is going on with Boo Boo, that is what he's being called, or he's also known as situate bear. What we are gathering at this time is a um, juvenile, like teenage bear that we think came from like maybe the Middleborough, Lakeville area he or she is looking for a mate and it's common for them to roam around. So it's not definitive that he's a boy bear? Uh, No, we haven't gotten a good look on that yet. We believe he is, but it isn't a hundred percent. Black bears are are well known um, to be pretty much docile and just kind of want to do their own thing. And as long as people and pets and kids stay a good distance from them, they will just leave you alone. Yeah. Interesting. Define good distance. That's a good question. I would say you want to stay at least a hundred yards or more away from it. Okay. You know, you can also try and scare it off with beeping a horn, you know, shaking something that's really loud, things like that. And they, they usually tend to just run right off. Okay. So it's interesting. I thought, I mean, I don't know why. I have no basis of knowledge for this, but
0: for some reason I thought bears are kind of one direction creature. And I was a little bummed out that we lost like our moment with Boo Boo the bear. I thought I was like, that's it. That's all we get. Um, But you said he's kind of circling back a little bit. Could he make his way
1: back here or he or she? Quite possibly. I mean, it's up to Boo Boo to decide <laughs> he or she wants to go, I guess. But I mean, I kind of was too, because I thought it was really cool that he or she would yeah, yeah. out in Wampatuck and We thought maybe it might enjoy the summer camping there. Um, And I mean that lightheartedly as a joke. Um, Obviously I would not, I don't want anyone in danger. So I don't want anyone to take that the wrong way, but we thought maybe he would hang out there uh, for a little bit and we'd get to learn more about him, but he's decided or she's decided that wants to keep moving around and checking things out and, Um, who knows, may have liked one area better than another and decided to go back there. So
0: what is the strategy? What do you do at this point?
1: So if we find that the bear is becoming too comfortable in a specific place in the sense that it's getting into trouble, causing any kind of serious damage, or if there was a serious issue with it being aggressive um, or sick or injured, at that point, we would tranquilize it the help that it needs, mm-hmm. um, then the decision will be made. Where is the best place for it to go?
0: Yeah. And I mean, other than his social media posts of gallivanting and smoking cools and <laughs> he hasn't caused or he or she hasn't caused any problems just
1: yet, correct? Not at all. This is why things have gone on this long, because it's just been so docile and doing its thing. Um, the only unfortunately, damage it's caused is to bird feeders. And that's why we stress to people to to keep the bird feeders in. You know, just so everyone knows, I am a legit journalist. I
0: did reach out to get his or her side of the story, but I didn't hear back. Oh,
1: bummer. I've been wanting to know. (laughs)
0: Let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. If you're in the market to buy a home right now, why not call a neighbor for help with your financing? Brian Comer at Draper & Kramer Mortgage is terrific. He's done our mortgage, and he's the same guy you'll see cheering on his kids at Town Fields. He understands what you need and is here to help. Check out his website. It's MassachusettsMortgageAdvisor.com. Again, it's MassachusettsMortgageAdvisor.com. Of course, all mortgage loans are subject to approval based on program guidelines, borrower's credit and underwriting approval. Brian Comer, NMLS ID 11924, Equal Housing Opportunity. Let's get back to the conversation and a parakeet named Charlie that changed Leslie Badger's life. So, I want to I want to go through Leslie Badger the early years. So, you grew up in Duxbury. Were you always an animal nut?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my, uh, my parents will tell you that um, the gray hairs that they've gotten is probably responsible for my constant wanting pets and taking care of pets. Um, I took care of all my neighbors' pets growing up. I had cats, um, parakeets, the hamsters, guinea pigs, bunnies. Yeah, I, it's my blood my whole life.
0: But your parents weren't necessarily huge animal people or maybe big animal people. They didn't get you a dog.
1: No. <laughs> um, they let me have small animals because they felt those would be the easiest to take care of. They also really didn't need a dog growing up because I actually took care of all the dogs in my neighborhood. <laughs> That's excellent. There would always be someone's dog at our house or, yeah, so it, it kind of worked out. That's awesome. That's awesome. But your your parents did get you a pet in
0: first grade. They got you a parakeet.
1: Yes, they did.
0: Tell me about that parakeet.
1: Yes, Charlie. He was uh, the best little parakeet ever. And he meant everything to me. He actually, uh, believe it or not, my mom is a school teacher. And her, her idea was that um, getting something small and something that I could kind of befriend and and take care of would help me come out of my shell because, uh, in school, I was very nervous about reading out loud in front of anyone because, um, and this is something I really don't talk a lot about, but I actually have uh, a learned disability with pronouncing words. So reading out loud, I would get made fun of, Mm. and I hated it. Like it was just humiliated, um, completely humiliated and defeated. And I would just, try and avoid, um, speaking. And that's sometimes like today when I get in front of a crowd, but like the first few moments of standing there in front of a big crowd, I completely, I go back to that, like super quiet and that like, Oh God, is everyone going to accept me? Is everything going to okay? be So bring me back, paint me that picture. Did you climb up on your bureau? like? Yep. So, um, Charlie and he had a cage that was up on like a pole kind of, um, stand situation so it was right next to my bureau and i actually figured out how to climb onto my bureau to be closer to him and i would sit there and i would read to him and it was just one of my favorite things to do
0: what did it do for your self confidence
1: it makes you realize that if you keep practicing and keep working at it it makes things a lot easier there's no judgment from an animal and they just sit there and enjoy what you're doing and that that's what happened i immediately took to the bird and the bird took to me and we would read and my dad taught him to whistle and um he would whistle me and it was just it was a cool thing. That's awesome.
0: It's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Let's take a break here to introduce our sponsor. Side-by-side Side Pet has a simple mission to help pets live longer. Two women founded the Hingham Base Company to give their pets better nutrition, to feed them the way nature intended, using whole food ingredients. The process is incredibly personal. They start with an individual assessment of your pet, looking at their health, their behavior, their personality, and recommend products from their specially formulated line to support healing and wellness. Check out their line of food diets, treats, and supplements at SideBySidePet.com. Okay, back to our conversation with Leslie and how she almost worked on the water. Um, you know, as you're aging, you volunteered at a shelter and you kind of you know, had this connection to animals that that grew deeper. But as you got to the high school level and, like, thinking about college, your sights weren't set on being an animal control officer.
1: Not at all. I actually went to Mass Maritime, and the reason for that was as much as I love animals, the other thing I love is the ocean. And in my mind, I was either going to be on boats or helping animals as, like, a marine veterinarian. Um, but I, I put that all on hold for a family matter. That family matter was very close to you. And yes. I think
0: what you had said was you decided you didn't want to, you know, be out on the water for weeks at a time.
1: Exactly. I didn't want to be away from my family. I realized how important my family is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to be nearby. When I do look back and think about could I have turned back at some point? Yeah, but I'm glad that I got the opportunity for um, being the hang of animal control officer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're so glad you're here. Um, I know you're uncomfortable with this attention, um, but you really are a wonderful ambassador for the police department. Yeah. You've got this kind of rock star status in the community. And, uh, you know, part of, I mean, obviously your your kindness and your heart is a huge part of that. But I think also too is your accessibility. You know, somebody tags you in a post on Facebook that there's a lost dog and like, 10 minutes later, you've got the dog, you know, the health history, you've like probably fostered its mom or at some point. So, you know, tell the truth. Are you sleeping with the radio under your pillow 24-7?
1: Oh, heck no. (laughs) It's nearby, but it's not on. And I don't sleep with my, I mean, I have to have my work phone on because I'm on call all the time. Do you rest? Uh, I try to (laughs) I try to I'm trying to understand the concept of me time Mm. but that's I guess part of the job and the nature of it
0: let's take a quick break here if you like what you're hearing and want to keep episodes coming subscribe and download the podcast wherever you listen and spread the word share an episode on Facebook or with a friend help us build our community if you haven't signed up for our emails, you're missing out. Each week, we give away great swag from our sponsors. Sauce from XR Barbecue, wine from Ralph's, gear at Intrinsic, movie passes from Patriot Cinemas, and this week, a lucky listener can score a swag bag from Vitamin C Brewing. Sweet! Sign up at thehinghamcast.com. Okay, back to Leslie and some wacky encounters, like a four-foot iguana stuck in a DPW truck in hull.
1: So I got there and I'm, I'm looking in and I'm like, where is this thing? And I'm thinking, I'm like, this is all. There's all these parts and engine and everything else in the compartment area. And I'm like, how is a giant iguana fitting in this? And he said, crawl under the truck and look up. So I got under the truck and I looked up and I see this giant tail hanging down. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, you really aren't joking. How big was it? He, uh, actually, we found out it was a she, uh, just about four feet long.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: From head to tail. So what did you do? So we tried everything we could and we couldn't get it out. And then we decided that we were going to back away and let it be quiet because we've heard that it had been seen and we saw some tail marks on Mm. the end. So we said, all right, let's see if we'll come out. And sure enough, about a half an hour later, when we all distanced ourselves from the truck, it came out and started su- uh, sunning itself. I was able to grab it and cage it, got it to the wildlife center right away. And then they did a health check on it and um, they've been keeping it ever since. And now it's getting adopted because we were unable to find an owner. So nobody came forward. No one came forward. Hmm, interesting. So when we feel that most likely it was probably dumped. Yeah, yeah. Have you do you see that a lot? Unfortunately, yes. This isn't the first time I've had an iguana dumped in Hingham. Hmm. I've had one dumped in Wampatuck and I had one dumped at Bearco Park. And we've also had dogs, we've had bunnies, we've had guinea pigs, birds. That's how I got my lovebird. <whistles> hey, tweet. Hey, tweet.
0: Let's go uh deep dive into the Leslie files. What is you know, you've had a lot of incidents with turkeys. <laughs> yep. What was the one in, there was one in the car, right? Tell me that one.
1: Oh, yes. So um, there was a very, very nice Good Samaritan that was driving to work. And she was on, I believe it was Main Street in Hingham when she witnessed a turkey get hit by a car. But she realized that it was, it was still alive and she wanted to do something about it. So she got out, wrapped it in her jacket and put it in her back seat. And it was unconscious, so she figured she had enough time with it wrapped up to bring it to the New England Wildlife Center in Weymouth. And she got down to the Jackson Square area and was at the lights, and the turkey woke up in the back seat. And she looked in the rearview mirror, and all of a sudden the feathers poofed up, and she sees the turkey's head <laughs> walking and screaming. And so she made her way to a parking lot. And the turkey at this point was going ballistic. And she oh, and the turkey went from the front seat, back seat, back and forth. But her car was still running. And it locked the doors, oh. set off the, the wipers, it was hitting the horn. And at this point, she was freaking out because she didn't know what to do. And it was pooping everywhere. Oh, my God. So she called 911. What did the car look like? It looked like it was tarred and feathered. <laughs> it, it was covered once the door got opened and the, the turkey was released, it like shook itself off like it no big deal and flew off. so it was like, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs>
0: Um, You have another turkey story that I just love from 2018. Tell me this one. I love this one.
1: This, This is amazing. So the call came in from dispatch over the radio that a woman thought someone had broken into her house. So officers started to go and she discovered while she was still on the phone, she could see turkey legs sticking out from the side of her dining room table. And she started getting closer to it and realized it was a giant turkey unconscious on her floor next to the table. (laughs) What? And I got to the house and walked in and saw all the destruction in the the kitchen and the dining room and the turkey, who was still literally unconscious on the floor next to the dining room table. (laughs) And also, which to me was the funniest part of all, her beautiful yellow lab sitting on its dog bed, thumping its tail very slowly, looking at me like, I had nothing to do with this. I had <laughs> my bed the whole time. I am not involved. But
0: the kicker of this whole story is the day.
1: Yes. What day was it? Thanksgiving. <laughs> I grabbed the turkey up. I was very impressed by the Wildlife Center. They, they took it right in they gave it oxygen, they hooked it up to an IV. It was <laughs> odd seeing a turkey on Thanksgiving being hooked up to oxygen and you know, a little like, what is going on here? But yes. Oh,
0: that's hilarious. So I'll be the judgy one here. So sometimes I see things people post and they want you to check out and I'm like, oh, good Lord, give me a break. But <laughs> do you ever get those like eye rolling calls? Like, are you serious right now?
1: Yes. Uh, I definitely have those moments where you're like, Oh my God. But at the same time, I have to remind myself that something I'm, I personally may be like rolling my eyes and everything, but truly I have to say, you know what, this might be overwhelming to this person. Mm-hmm. At the very least I can try and reach out and, and talk them through it. Mm-hmm. Um, times it's more of that hyped up, nervous fear of, the situation and the animal, and I get that.
0: You've had all sorts of wild calls. You've had cows escape from where River. You've had to corral pigs, uh, you know, horses going down Main Street. Oh, yeah. Is there a call that you're just like, oh, please, no?
1: Um, When I first started, it was, believe it or not, it was snakes. I was like, for the love of God, I hope I never get a snake call. But I've pretty much gotten over it. Have you gotten over your fear of spiders? Oh, heck No. (laughs) I try, uh, but no, I I try to be tough. And every time I go to the Wiley center, I I force someone, I I cannot, for the love of me, put my hand into the tank and pick up the tarantulas there. (laughs) I I force someone, I'm like, you got to do it. I'll put my hand out and close my eyes and turn my head and I'll have- Wait a a minute. You are doing spider therapy? Yes, I'm trying. I don't want to, but I know it's coming. Someone's going to have a tarantula and- I'm gonna have to do something with it.
0: Is it working? It
1: it is to a point. <laughs> I'm trying, hang on, I'm trying. Please don't get tarantulas. I will continue to take on the coyote fight if we can all agree to not get tarantulas as pets.
0: I want to take a quick break here to thank our media partner, the Hingham Anchor. If you want to put a face to Leslie's voice and see photo evidence of her craziest calls, head to HinghamAnchor.com. We did some hard-hitting journalism the other day when we went to the opening of the Untold Brewing Beer Garden at Derby Street Shops. What a sweet scene. Okay, back to our conversation with Leslie and a terrifying call she responded to about a dog that had bitten a child and needed to be removed from a South Shore home. She took the dog out and brought it to a nearby kennel until they could figure out what to do. But the dog's owner showed up at the kennel, and what happened next could have cost her her life and threatened to end her career. You know, obviously there are the wacky stories from you, but um, there are tougher stories too. I mean, you've had to amputate animals' legs, put deer down, put foxes down. I mean, those those are tough situations. Um, but also, you know, for any officer, a domestic call is, is wildly unpredictable. You had a call at the beginning of your career that really went south. It was a domestic call. You had to take an animal away from someone in a neighboring town, and without going too deep into the details, because I know it was, you know, um, dealt with in court, but as you were trying to get the dog to a safe place you were attacked by the dog's owner what bring me through that
1: so I was getting the dog out of the kennel and next thing I know the owner of the dog was coming out back and he decided that he was going to do whatever he could to get the dog back from me and at that point we were in a quite a bit of a struggle I had the dog on a rabies pole. And for people that don't know what that is, that's the long metal pole that usually the iconic thing that people see besides a net that an animal control officer carries. I had a hold of that and he was using that as trying to use it as a weapon um, and thrashing back and forth to get the dog off and trying to hit me with it. But I wouldn't let go or give up.
0: You know, for all intents and purposes, you're a woman alone with. A man attacking you with a pole, I mean, what was going through your mind?
1: There was a lot of things going through my mind. I realized first and foremost, I needed to keep control of that pole because I knew that this dog had seriously hurt someone. And I didn't want that, number one, to happen again. And two, I didn't want him getting control of the dog and then, you know, causing someone to get hurt because it was a public kennel boarding facility. Were you scared? Yeah. I mean, you have that moment of, okay, when you realize, um, especially in this situation, when you realize, okay, I'm all on my own, uh, until officers get here, um, you realize this could be something that could threaten your life. And then, uh, the kennel owner actually called the police and both he and I were OC sprayed as they got him off. Pepper sprayed. Yes, pepper sprayed. And I realized that I was hurting a lot more than I realized. Mm. And when we got to the hospital, they realized at that point, my wrists, both of them um, had sustained injuries. There was actually some breaks and there was tearing and shredding. The, the nerve was completely shredded apart.
0: You know, one of those risks is, is your shooting hand. Were you worried what it could do to your career?
1: Yes, I was because I knew um, I would have the opportunity to go to the police academy and I had to put that on hold for quite a few years. For a time there, I really thought my career was going to end. It was really sad. I had to go through almost two years of physical therapy and cortisone shots, multiple casts. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, the surgeon was able to repair everything. And thankfully, at that point, I started to get the feeling back, but I'm still affected by it.
0: (sighs) Mentally, I would think that's something kind of hard to shake. Do you think about that when you go into situations, when
1: you go into homes? Definitely. Um, And I just kept thinking, oh, my God, if I get into another situation and, uh, you know, this could this could end everything. Mm hmm. I'm unbelievably thankful for all the officers I get to work with, um, both the neighboring towns and my own town. I mean, I don't think I could be the ACO that I am if it wasn't for the officers I work with. And it's super important to be able to do my job and know that you have, uh, these men and women backing you up. It's, it's huge. Mm. I know they're coming in seconds. I know they're going to be right there because they also know that I'd be there for them in a second. You know, I am. I'm truly thankful for that.
0: Hmm. All right. Leslie Badger, thank you so much. This has just been a great conversation.
1: Thank you, Allie. I'll talk to you later. Have a great day.
0: I want to thank our producer and editor, Kristen Keefe. She's incredibly talented and a very good human. Our intern, Claudia Chiapa from Boston University, is doing terrific work for us. Our website was designed by Donna Mavromatis and her team at Mavro Creative. And I'm Allie Donnelly. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.